And now, a message from Pastor Michael Carmody. Hey, once again, good morning, everyone, and thank you for joining us uh, for New Covenant Christian Church online again this morning. Uh, It's great to have all of you with us as we continue our new series entitled Building Community in a Socially Distant World. And today, as we think about that idea of building community, um, I'm reminded of something that the Apostle John wrote in his third general epistle, his third letter. In the second verse of his letter, he opens this up and says this, Beloved, I pray that all may go well with you and that you may be in good health just as it is well with your soul. And so John writes to this uh, group of people and he has them in his heart. He loves them. He has uh, this desire for their lives to go well, for them to be in health, for their soul to be prosperous. Even though he was separated from them, he was still building community with them. He was still engaging with them. And in this letter, he speaks of this idea of, I, I hope everything is going well with you. I pray that your soul is prospering, that your health is good, that everything is good with you. And that's really, I guess, our our prayer, our heart as a body, as a church, to you as the body of Christ, we want one another to be doing well. We want our spirits to be growing and developing in Christ, our health to be good, things to be going well with us, even though we may be socially distant from one another and in a very kind of an unusual time. In fact, we hear terms being used for this period of time that we're in, words like unprecedented and um, uncommon times and challenging times, critical times. And, And it's true that we are living in a very unusual period of time. And in this period of time, while we're separated from one another, God still wants us to build community. He still wants us to go beyond ourselves and to build community. And we've defined community as fellowship that is based on common attitudes, common beliefs, common interests, and common goals. And uh, while we're all different, we all have different perspectives of certain things, we all still have these common interests, common goals, common perspectives when it comes to our relationship with Christ, that he's everything to us, that he's called us together to be a body of people from whatever particular perspectives we might come from. He's called us to become one together and to build community together. Um, And so when we think about this idea of the situation we find ourselves in now, social distancing, I would venture to say that two months ago, uh, very few of us had ever even heard that term, social distancing. Now it's part of everyday life. It's become part of a what some would say is a new normal. I would like to say a temporary normal. Uh, I know that things will change again, but in this period of time, this idea of being socially distant doesn't necessarily mean and shouldn't mean that we are distant from one another within the body of Christ. As I stand here today in an empty sanctuary, I look around at empty chairs, but I also know that as a body of people, we are still very much present with one another in Christ. And this whole idea of thinking about this time and the unprecedented times that we live in, and those kind of words like uncertain times and challenging times, it reminded me, I kept hearing these words, time. This is a challenging time. You you hear it in commercials, you see it in the news, and people talking about these times. And it made me think of a passage that we read in the book of Ecclesiastes, when uh, when Solomon wrote um, this, this chapter three, and he begins it by saying this, For everything there is a season, and a time for every matter 
under heaven. And it's interesting to me that he goes on from that and he says there's a time to be born and a time to die, a time to plant and a time to pluck up and time to break down and a time to build up, a time to weep, a time to laugh. And he breaks through all, these, all, all this tension in uh, times and seasons that we go through. And then in verse five, he says this, I thought this was appropriate, a time to embrace and a time to refrain from embracing. God's word translation says a time to hug and a time to stop hugging. Uh, so we are definitely in that stop hugging time. You know, we give each other air hugs and air fives and all this kind of thing in the midst of this social distancing. Um, but when we think about this, this is a season. And it's a season, of course, challenging, uncertain, all those other words that we might, might want to throw in with it. But it is a season. And a season, by definition, is something that's for an appointed time or a specific moment. A season doesn't last forever. We're coming out of winter and into spring. I guess we're technically in spring, though some days it doesn't feel like it. But seasons change, and seasons move into another season. And there's two things that we know for sure about seasons. The first one is seasons, by definition, do not last. And secondly, seasons always prepare us for what's next. The season always prepares us for the next season. In planting season, we plant the, the seeds for the next season, the summer season, when it will get hot and the seeds will grow. And that's preparation for the next season, the, the fall season, when the harvest will be taken, which is the whole point of planting in the beginning. And then the winter season, when the ground lays dormant. And, you know, we go through seasons in our lives, and I think as a, as a planet right now, we're going through this season of social distancing, this period of time. And I believe that many years from now, we'll look back and say, remember that COVID-19 thing that happened in 2020 and how that created so much upheaval? And we'll, we'll remember this forever. We'll never forget this season because it's so unusual, uncommon, unprecedented, challenging, whatever word you want to add to it. So the first thing about seasons is that seasons, by definition, do not last forever. Second thing, though, is that they have a purpose. They have a mission. As I said, they prepare us for what's coming. They always prepare us for that next season. Now, I don't claim to know exactly everything that's going to happen in the next season. I don't have any, uh, I'm not privy to what's going to be going on in our world in the seasons to come. Um, I'm not talking about natural seasons, but the season that we're going through right now. But I do know this that God desires to bless us in every season and that each successive season is better than the previous season. And so I know this, that we are coming into great seasons and good seasons. And if you agree with me, give me a hearty amen right where you are. So every season is another opportunity for God to bless our lives. It's another opportunity for God to open up new things to us, show us different aspects of his character and his nature, which believe me, none of us fully grasp yet. He's constantly revealing to us who he is and the depth and the beauty of his presence and his nature. And so every season is an opportunity for us to tap into new things. And I thought it was interesting at the beginning of this year, we talked about 2020 was going to be a year that we were going to get in the word of God and we were going to read the word of God. And there was a challenge to have this daily reading, which I know many of us have been doing and some have been doing for a very long time. But now we have more time for many of us anyway, we have more time to be able to read and to study and more opportunities even for God to speak into our lives and give us direction for our lives as we go forward into the next seasons. And this season, as strange, as uncomfortable, as unprecedented, as challenging, um, all these different things we call it, is preparing us for something greater that lies ahead. Now, frankly, many of us hate this season. If nothing else, we hate the physical suffering 
that we see taking place um, throughout the world because of this virus. We hate those, uh, the fact that people are stricken with this virus, that people are dying. Um, we hate the idea that there's stress on health workers and first responders. Um, we, we hate the fact that, you know, we can't find toilet paper, although that's getting better. But there's a lot of things about this season that we don't really enjoy. But it's an opportunity at the same time for God to work in our lives. There's much to dislike even in this social distancing. To be really honest with you, I would much rather have you here in the sanctuary than watching this uh, in this format. Um, But thank God we have this. We're able to do this. We're able to have this connection. This is something John, back when he wrote 3 John, this is something John couldn't do. He couldn't just go online, you know, and be in contact with the people that he loved. And so we have this wonderful privilege of being able to do that today. We're social beings. We're not made for this social distancing. In fact, I want to show you something else that John wrote um, in his second letter. He said this in verse 12. He said, although I have much to write to you, I would rather not use paper and ink. Instead, I hope to come to you and talk with you face to face so that our joy may be complete. And I love this, this text because John's saying, you know what? I have these things to write to you and I'm going to write to you with paper and ink. I'm going to send this letter to you and I'll, I'll hire a courier and he'll carry this to you. And if he doesn't get mugged and he doesn't get killed and he doesn't lose the letter, you'll get this letter eventually and you'll be able to read it. He said, but I'm hoping that someday you and I can be face to face and talk so that our joy may be complete. And John was saying, you know, as wonderful as this is that I can communicate with you in this way, there's something joyful about being able to be together face to face, person to person. And I think we all feel that. As I said, we weren't created to be isolated. We are social beings. We were created to be together. And especially in the body of Christ, we have this desire for fellowship around our common interests and goals in Christ. And we want to be together. But when John writes this and he says, it it completes our joy when we're together face to face. I think we can all kind of sense a little bit of what he was talking about. I've communicated with a lot of people uh, over the last several weeks and people are just like, yeah, it'll be great when we can get back together again. And it's so good to hear that. This is, uh, just as this is an uncommon and unprecedented season in our lives, I firmly believe that on the other side of this season, we are going to come into an uncommon and unprecedented season of people wanting to be together, of the body of Christ wanting to come together, possibly like never before. A desire to be together face-to-face, to find that joy in communion together without screens, without just being able to hear a voice, but actually to be able to be together with one another. I see a new love for the gathering, for this idea. I think the idea of not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together will mean something entirely different in the next season, in the coming seasons, than what it's probably meant to any of us in the past. So we're forced to be apart for a while, for a season, but seasons change. And whenever that season changes, there will be a new appreciation, I think, for one another and for the opportunity that we have to be together. So what do we do in this season to prepare for the next season? How do we prepare ourselves for that season? Um, I I think the answer to that is what we're talking about right right now. We need to find real and significant community in the midst of our separation. We need to build community, community in this socially distant world because that community strengthens us. And we know this, that God is with us. He's with you, he's with me, he's with us. And he guides us, he leads us in every season. I gotta tell you something, this doesn't take God by surprise. This season that we're in, it doesn't surprise God. He's not shocked by this, he's not panicking. 
He's not trying to figure out what to do about it. Yes, there's a, a tremendous amount of suffering, and we hate that. But we also know that God is good, and God's plans are good. And we pray for those who are suffering, and we pray for families that have lost loved ones and haven't been able to conduct proper funerals. These things are, are, are emotionally challenging for our world and for all of us as believers in Christ. But at the same time, as we look at this, we realize that God hasn't abandoned his throne. He hasn't uh, abdicated his rulership over this world. God is in charge. You know, we read in, in John chapter 16, verse 33, that in this world we will have tribulation. But be of good cheer because Jesus has overcome this world and we serve an overcomer. And so in this season, we look at this and we say, well, we know that God is between us. There's a passage known as the Mitzvah that we find in, uh, in the Old Testament, in the gospel, or in the, in the book of Genesis, the gospel of Genesis, <laughs> in the book of Genesis. Uh, we find this in uh, the 31st chapter. I'm going to just read this to you. Laban said, this monument of stones will be a witness beginning now between you and me. That's why it's called Galid or witness monument. It's also called Mizpah, watchtower. Because Laban said this, check it out. God, keep watch between you and me when we are out of each other's sight. And so Laban and Jacob knew that they were going to be separated from one another. Laban is Jacob's father-in-law. And they know they're going to be separated from one another. And Laban speaks this. He said, God, watch between us. Watch over us while we're separate from one another. And we can rest assured today, we don't need a pile of stones to remind us that God's watching over us. We have the nature and the person of Christ as a reminder that God never leaves us and he never forsakes us. God is with you, providing his protection and his care for you. Just as we read that opening verse, that you would prosper and be in health, even as your soul prospers. Our God is with us in this season. And you know, as he talked about this, God would be between us while we're apart from one another. God is indeed watching between us and keeping us together, even while we're apart, even while we're separated. I want to find ways of connecting with one another during this season of social distancing. Check out this verse from the Apostle Paul. He says this in Philippians chapter 4, verse 1. So brothers and sisters, I love you and miss you. I can say amen to that right now. You are my joy and my crown. Therefore, dear friends, keep your relationship with the Lord firm. Now, Paul wrote this letter to the Philippians while he was imprisoned. Um, we might think of um, imprisonment as the, ultim the ultimate uh, governmental requested shelter in place. Uh, he's there, he's stuck there. He can't communicate with his friends face-to-face, -face, person to person, but he can send a letter, and it's pretty incredible. Paul writes these letters, and these letters actually become part of the New Testament writings, the Bible, become part of uh, God's holy writ to his word. Paul writes over half of the books of the New Testament, many of them while he's in prison. So great things can happen during social distancing. Great things can happen while we're separated from one another. But he writes this and he says, I, I love you and I miss you. You can hear the heart of Paul in this, that I, I love you, I miss you. I want you to do well in the Lord. I want you to continue to walk with God. He felt a bond. He felt a connection. He felt a communion with the people that he wrote to. And by writing to them and speaking of these things, he builds communion. In fact, I was just reading uh, this week in the book of Romans. And I was reading the last couple chapters of Romans. 
and I get into this, that 16th chapter, the last chapter, and Paul starts to list, he's writing to the, to the people in Rome, to the Christians in Rome, and he starts going through this list, and he starts listing all these names. Hey, make sure you greet this person for me and greet this person. He lists 25 individuals, and then he lists two entire families, and then he says, just greet all the brothers and sisters. Greet one another with a holy kiss. It's like Paul, he's, he's thinking about this, and he mentions by name 25 different individuals, and many of them he talks about, this is why they're important to me, and this is why I want you to greet them. And there's so much on his heart, even though he couldn't be with them, that he mentions them by name, mentions these families, tells them, you know, greet all the brothers and sisters from me. And then he says this part, you know, greet one another with a holy kiss. And it's kind of like he's saying, I want you to greet one another in my stead as if I were kissing everyone in the church. I want you to do that in my place. I want you to greet one another with a holy kiss. And again, I think it speaks to his desire to build community. And over these last few weeks, on a personal level, just over these last few weeks, I've had the opportunity to build community actually over the last month or so um, in, in a number of different arenas. Within family, for example, we're used to seeing our son Jeremy on a, on a regular basis and his wife Sarah and their kids. We're used to seeing them on a regular basis. We have the kids come and stay with us you know, regularly on a monthly basis at least. And you know, we haven't been able to do that and we feel that separation a little bit, but we FaceTime with them, we talk with them, we stay in contact with them. We're continuing to build community with them. I have a sister and a brother and sister-in-law that live in Clear Lake. And again, can't really be together physically, but I think we're talking with one another more on the phone and texting and emailing and being in communion with one another as a family. Um, more, maybe more so than we have for some time, just checking up on one another, making sure everybody is, is doing fine. We've also had an extended member of our family uh, that has kind of reached out to us during this season and just wanted to make contact, someone we really hadn't had a lot of contact with recently, um, kind of reached out to us, and that's been tremendous to rebuild that relationship, and, and not that there was anything broken in it necessarily. We just hadn't been in contact so much. We've been in a lot more contact. And, and these are great blessings within a family to be able to have uh, this kind of community building, even within our families. Family is very important. And you may have family members that you're estranged from. You know what? This might be a great time uh, for the, 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 the character of humility to kick in and for us to bury the hatchet, so to speak, or do whatever we have to do to build community within our families. Most of you know that I teach some classes out at Iowa Central. And it's been, uh, over the last several weeks, again, it's been great. Uh, some of the things that have happened, I had a student who uh, was in my class last semester, not the current semester, but the previous semester, who just shot me an email out of nowhere and just said, hey, I'm just wondering how you're doing with all of this and how you and your family are. And I tell you, it made my day. It made my week. It was such a great thing to hear from this student, um, just concerned about how I was doing, how we were doing. I've got a student from this semester who contacted me and said, I was wondering, how can I watch your services online? So gave that individual the information, and they've been watching us online, probably watching today, and great to have you here with us. Uh, another student that um, I had been in contact with for many months, from, it was a, a student from several uh, semesters ago, I stayed in contact with another one from way back from five years ago, my very first class, uh, that I just talked with again this week, and we've stayed in community and in connection with one another, and still building relationships with all of these students. I feel like I kind of pick up where I left off with them um, and have this, this, this bond, this community. We can build community 
uh, in a lot of different places. I've been in touch with some of our missionaries. Uh, one particular missionary in Panama, another one in Russia. Had phone phone conversation with the one in Russia. I called him, and uh, Dimitri was surprised to hear me on the phone. We had a great conversation, just checking up on one another and seeing how we're doing. Um, several pastors around the the country around the United States I've been in contact with during this time, but also so many of you that I've had con- conversation with and contact with and, and uh, continuing to build community. And thank you to those of you that are contacting me and I'm contacting people and we're just having this, this fellowship, this community building while we're separated from one another, showing care for one another. And in fact, I think that's something that we can do in this season. And that's why this series, Building Community in a Socially Distant World, the idea of building uh, requires some effort. And it kind of requires a plan, a blueprint, an architectural rendering, if you will. You've got to have some kind of an idea of what you want to build. What do you want to do? We want to build relationships that last. We want to build relationships that make a difference. We want to encourage others. We want to affirm them. We want them to know that they're loved and that they're cared for. And we think about some of the writings that we've read today from John and, and Paul and how they wrote these things and said how much they care for the people, how much they, I love what Paul said, I miss you, I love you, and I miss you. And just saying something like that, letting somebody know uh, within the body of Christ, within your family, some connection that you've had at the, sometime in the past. We've all had those relationships where you have a good friendship or a bond with someone, then you don't see them for a long time, and then you get together again, and it's like you pick up where you left off. In a lot of cases, we just lose touch. We forget to make contact. And so there might be opportunities for us in this season to build real and genuine community, not only within our body, which is certainly what we should do, but even within our families, within our friendships uh, that we have even outside of the church. And so when we think about that idea of building community, doing something specifically to build community. I want us to think about that this week. In fact, in just a few moments, I'm actually going to stop talking. I'm going to give you a few minutes to do an exercise. Uh, Not a physical exercise, but a a spiritual, emotional, mental, whatever kind of exercise. I'm not going to have you do jumping jacks or anything. That's next week. But um, what I do want to do is I want to talk about uh, this idea of how we could think strategically about people that we could contact. I can't tell you how many times I've been thinking about someone. Uh, I think about them, you know, I wake up in the morning, somebody comes to my mind, or maybe later in the day, it comes to my mind again the next day. And I have to admit, sometimes I don't take the next step and reach out and contact those people. But when I do, I always find out I'm contacting them at just the right time. Maybe there's someone that you've been thinking about, someone that's been on your mind or been on your heart or you've been praying for. In a few moments, we're not going to do this just yet, but in a few moments, I'm going to go silent, I promise, I really am. And you're going to have a few minutes, we'll give you about five minutes to do something. And what you can do is get a piece of paper, a pencil, and maybe write down the names of some people that might come to your mind. Uh, maybe members of the church, or people in your family, or friends, or just people that, you know, it just comes to, you know what, I really should check up on this person. I really should make contact with this individual and do something to build community. I want to affirm this person. I want them to know that I love them, that I miss them. I want, you, I want them to know that there's a need for connection, that I feel a need for connection here. And maybe you'll make a list of people. Maybe there's only one person on that list. Maybe there's 21 people on that list. 
uh, whatever that list is, make a list of people that you want to reach out to. In fact, during that five minutes, you probably can't get into a meaningful phone call, but you could shoot a text to someone. You could say something uh, to someone in an email or a text that might encourage them or help them during that period of time. And so uh, let's just do that right now. I'm, I, we've come to that moment where I'm going to quit talking. I'll be back in a few moments, uh, but let's go ahead and, and get that piece of paper, that pencil, get your phone out, send a text to someone, send an email to someone, write down a list of people that you want to be in contact with this week starting today, okay? So let's do that. And don't go anywhere because I'll be right back to finish this message. Again, I want to encourage you this week, build community during this socially distant season that we find ourselves in. Looking forward to the next season that's going to come and how God wants to work in our lives now to prepare us for what's going to happen in the future, which I believe God has great things in store for his people and for his world. So as we do that and as we build this community, we've got another tool that we want to introduce you to uh, to help build community here at New Covenant. Um, and we've been doing community groups for a long time. But uh, starting this week, in fact, starting this evening, we're going to be doing community groups through Zoom. So we're doing Zoom community groups, or what I might refer to as Zoom-unity groups. <laughs> but anyway, uh, community groups using Zoom. And uh, so it's going to be very simple for you to participate in those if you want to. Um, you can go to the church app, or you can go to the church website, nccfd.org slash community groups or go to the app and find the community group tag there. And um, these Zoom groups are going to be meeting at various times on various days. And there will be a, a link, an access code that you can just go to the website or the, uh, the app and just click into that. And it will take you to that meeting at that time. So if, if a meeting is, for example, on Tuesday at seven o'clock and you go in on Monday at four o'clock, there's nothing there. But if you go in on Tuesday at seven o'clock or whatever I time I said it was, and you click into it, then that meeting will be going and you can click into a community group. Uh, these will last for somewhere around 30 to 40 minutes. Uh, may go through some of the material from the study guide or just have communication with one another, just talk with one another, uh, share with one another. And so uh, those will be happening, uh, as I said, starting tonight. And those will go through the month of May and into uh, the first week of June. And then uh, we'll see what happens from there on. Hopefully at that point, we'll be getting very close to coming back together. But who knows? We're going to do what we need to do for the period of time that we need to do it because this season will someday come to an end and we'll look back on this and know that we did something during this time to build community. So take part in those Zoom community groups if you can. For more information on New Covenant, contact us at 3318 Fifth Avenue South, Fort Dodge, Iowa, 50501. Or you can call us at 515-955-6222.